We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host Nick Dayus at Nick Dayus 10 on all social media outlets. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or as my father says, Tiki Taki, Facebook, LinkedIn. Roll call for the Patreon. Support the show. Got some new members of the Patreon. Shouts to them. Congrats, Joel Ramos and Jake. Healy, thank you for your contributions, new contributions to the Patreon. And while we're here, let's get it out of our system. Now, we got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Plates, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Ryan Pisner, Stephen Briggs. Thank you all for your monthly contributions to the Patreon. Hope you guys are enjoying the Discord conversations trying to dedicate more time to the discord uh putting all the bets that i make throughout in there as well and this is a solo pod didn't record an episode last week a second episode um honestly just was not in the mood to do so um which is very rare for me as you guys know i believe in consistency and you know for years now there's always two episodes a week and it just felt right because there wasn't anything crazy going on that I wanted to discuss or touch on like there is in this episode. But I felt like it was a well-deserved break. You know, after football ends, that's where I like to get creative and like to make up new ideas, make up new segments, get different people to come on to talk with. So I like to experiment in the NFL offseason is where I, I really get the most creative and I, I find my passion grows for the NFL because it's one of those things where, you know, you, you miss it when it's gone. Right. But I just felt like it was right, man. So some people reached out asking if everything was okay. And I appreciate that because, you know, the only time in recent memory that there's only been one episode was when my buddy passed away outside of that, 
shots to Serge always right bottom over there in that corner. But when he passed away, I couldn't record. I was supposed to record that day. So the reason why I bring that up is because you always get two episodes, sometimes three, which segues into this week. Going to have three episodes. There's this one, a solo pod where I got a lot to get off my chest and a lot that I want to talk about. A lot of housekeeping stuff, too. Got a Super Bowl props episode only, strictly betting bars. I'm going to have a special guest on. Haven't recorded it yet. You guys are going to be so switched on when you see who the guest is. Uh, honestly, it's uh, it's one of my favorite people that I've met uh, in in recent memory, too. And uh, one of my favorite people when it comes to like creating content, too. So I'm excited for that. And then Impy and Alan are going to join me for a huge, meaty, deep, thick Super Bowl preview show on Friday. So that's going to be the layout. There's going to be some extra content on the Patreon as well. Recording an episode that's going to drop next week. I'm recording that this week also. So, so that'll be up on the Patreon. But yeah, man, I appreciate all the support. January was a dope ass month from a download perspective. Um, and that's really what pays the bills in the end of the day when you're in this industry and in podcasting is downloads is a big thing. And, you know, we hit some really cool uh, milestones. So I appreciate all the new listeners, all the old listeners, everybody that listens and shares. Share, right? That's something that I've been advised to tell you guys about, you legends that listen. Uh, tag us. Tag us that you're listening on Instagram. Tag us. Uh, and tag Veterans Minimum. You can tag me too. Everything will get reposted. But it's a way to create more awareness for the show and all that fun stuff, rating, review, you know, tables, ladders, and chairs, the whole nine. So, uh, we have a couple things on the menu, right? There's no more plugs. There's no more promotions. Now, here comes the bars. So, I've been following some of the Super Bowl stuff, obviously. Um, I'm going to list off some bets that I've already made and why. And then, upon further review... Later this week, there'll be more and more information. But these are bets that I've already made and why I've already made them. All right. Bet number one that I've already made. Cooper Cup for Super Bowl MVP. I got him at plus 600. Now, I spoke about this in a video that I dropped on my Instagram at NickDayas10. Cheap plug. I said I wasn't going to do cheap plugs, but I just dropped one now. Cooper Cup. Bet it now. Bet it often. Bet it all. Um, Cooper Cup was a legitimate... NFL MVP candidate this year. From start to finish, he was the best player in football, in my opinion. He had a monster season. Like, he almost broke all three major statistical categories for wide receivers. Catches, yards, and receptions. He ended the season with 145, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns. And in the playoffs... And should change. 25 catches, 386 yards, and five touchdowns. He was plus 600. Now he's plus 550 at many places. I still think it's wrong. I still think it's mispriced. Who's going to cover him on the Bengals? Nobody. Him being plus 550, plus 600 is wrong. He should be closer to 3-1, to 4-1. to one. I think there's tremendous value on Cooper Cup. In the playoffs also... 25 catches, 386 yards, and five touchdowns. And this is where they're better teams now, and everyone's game planning. Everyone knows what's going to happen, and yet they still can't stop it. So Cooper Cup for MVP is one of the best that I've made. And I know in the regular season we haven't seen it happen. It's never happened. And honestly, 
it's probably never going to happen. There's never going to be a wide receiver to win NFL regular season MVP. For that to happen, even even Stafford this year had a career year. Like I believe he threw 40 touchdown passes. Stafford Rams. Let's just pull it up right now. But even this is the kind of year that a wide receiver would need to have in order for them to win NFL MVP. They would need their quarterback to be a little suspect, right? Like, even when the Rams were winning, they kind of ended the year on, like, a a six out of seven winning streak. They won five in a row, and that was when everyone was like, yo, this team, like, what's up? And I just remember pushing back. Again, I'm financially invested on the Rams, but I remember pushing back saying, like, yo, they just won five straight games. But Stafford was throwing those pick sixes and a lot of interceptions, right? He threw 41 touchdown passes this year, 17 picks. And... I believe in his career, is that the most? He threw 41 in 2000. All right, he tied his career high in touchdown passes. And he's thrown more than 15 interceptions, one, two, three, four times, including this season, right? Um, Tied his career high in completion rate, 67.2. But anyway, back to Cooper Cup. The reason why... I think Super Bowl MVP for him is very possible is because we've seen it happen time and time again in the Super Bowl, but we have never seen it happen in the regular season. For a wide receiver to win MVP in the regular season, they would need, if Stafford threw like 32 touchdown passes and half of them went to Cooper Cup like they did, that's the kind of season that you would have to envision a wide receiver having in order for him to steal an MVP award from his quarterback let alone all the other quarterbacks right but in the regular season it's impossible we've never seen it happen but we've seen it happen time and time again in the super bowls that a wide receiver can win mvp if you guys were listening to vm back in 2018 i was on julian edelman he was 25 to 1 i bet him and i bet todd Gurley. that's another thing that i like doing if you're gonna bet mvp please don't bet just one team please bet Both teams. Pick a guy from one team. Pick a guy from the other. It's just better to have a dog in that race on both sides. It's the same shit I do with first touchdown score. Don't tell me Cooper Cup is going to score the first touchdown for the Rams or in the game. Yeah, cool. Do that. But also bet someone else. Bet T. Higgins. Bet Mixon. Bet whoever you want. Because the last thing you want is kickoff. Bengals get the ball first and they march down and they score a touchdown. Then you're like, oh, shit. It's better to have a dog in both both sides. That's how I like playing the MVP. I pick one guy who's like a borderline favorite on both sides, and then I bet two sort of long shot-ish kind of guys, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Julian Edelman, Deion Branch, Heinz Ward, Santonio Holmes. In the last 17 years, we've seen four wide receivers win Super Bowl MVP. We haven't seen a running back in a minute. And the way running has gone down in the last decade in the NFL, I don't see a running back winning MVP. So that kind of eliminates a little bit of your pool, right? I personally don't like betting the two quarterbacks. If I was to bet, the, if I think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl, I would rather bet Joe Burrow to win MVP. In that scenario, yeah, like instead of betting the Bengals on the money line, high possibility, probably like 60% of the time, the reason why the Bengals win the Super Bowl is because of Joe Burrow, he's plus 215, plus 250-ish. I would rather bet that than plus 165 on the money line. So 
the last thing I want to say about Cooper Cup and why I've already bet him for MVP is this is the second time the Rams make the Super Bowl in the last four seasons, and Cup didn't play in that Super Bowl. And there was a really cool embrace of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, who is not going to play in this game. He tore his ACL earlier this year, and he played in that Super Bowl. And then Cooper Cup tore his ACL back in 2018 earlier that year and didn't play in that Super Bowl. And them two guys have been with the Rams from uh, day one. This this new version of the Rams that we've seen, this core of the Sean McVay guys, those two guys are Sean McVay guys. So I really like Cooper Cup for MVP. I've already bet it. That's one of the bets that I've already made. I've also bet Jalen Ramsey to be MVP. I got him at 100 to 1. A little sprinkle, a little like 10 piece, $10 on it. Nothing too crazy. But I think for a guy who's the best defensive player at his position in the league, he has a knack for showing up in big games and with the spotlight on him, with the attention on him. And you know, they're going to show the graphics of Jamar chase in coverage, T Higgins in coverage with Ramsey on them. And you know, if he can have a pick six, obviously that sways everything, right? Like that dude, right. Uh, Mal, excuse me, Malcolm Smith won MVP with the Seahawks. Cause he had a pick six in that game when the game was still close, right? Like that was the game altering kind of interception that got housed so you can see Ramsey he's going to be on guys that are going to get the ball a lot and I think he can make a play maybe picks up scoop and score fumble they use him in that star position that they've coined on defense and they move him around a lot I just think 100 to 1 odds is kind of wild that's my big long shot that I've already bet on um I've taken a stab on T Higgins overs I love T Higgins in this spot I think T Higgins is going to have a monster Super Bowl. I even think T. Higgins as a sleeper, super sleeper, 50 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP is kind of interesting to me. And, and here's why, right? Like, I know you might be saying, yo, Jamar Chase, I get it. Jamar Chase is 16 to 1. Really dope odds for him as well. But as an MVP long shot, T. Higgins, I put a little sprinkle on it because he is their go to guy when Joe Burrow sees zone coverage. Right to get super duper like nerdy analytic shit right now. When teams run zone coverages against the Bengals, T. Higgins gets more yards per route run than Jamar Chase. In man coverage, it's the Jamar Chase show. He's one of the best wide receivers in man coverage. You even saw that in that game against the Raiders. Uh, you saw that time and time again when he's in man coverage, he's their world beater. But T. Higgins versus zone coverage, and the Rams run the third highest zone rate defensively in the league. And he's come along the last two games for the Bengals. And he's going to have big mismatches on the outside when he lines up on other corners not named Ramsey. Rams have a corner who's 5'9 and 5'10. Shout out to 5'10 gang. That's me. But I like T. Higgins as a long shot also. I've bet on that as well. And I like his over yardage total. It's one of my favorite yardage total overs in this game. And the last one that I've put a little sprinkle on. Um, and again, these are these are like crazy payouts, right? Like I like I like going for like home runs and crazy payouts. Rams plus four seventy five to score a defensive touchdown. I can't get it out of my head how bad that Bengals offensive line is. We saw the nine sacks against the Titans. We saw Joe Burrow running for his life against the Chiefs too. But now you got Donald, you got Floyd, you got Von Miller also. Who Von Miller has the same odds to win Super Bowl MVP now that he did back with 
Denver Broncos as well when he won Super Bowl MVP. But I think that Rams defensive line is going to cause havoc for Joe Burrow and that offensive line. And MVP history in the Super Bowl, 55% of the time it's gone to quarterbacks. 12.5% of the time it's gone to running back. 12.5% of the time it's gone to wide receiver. And defensive players are at 18% of the time it goes to defensive players. So if you like Donald, not against it. Um, could even see like Hendrickson being interesting too. But I haven't bet those guys. I haven't bet Donald. I haven't bet Von Miller. I haven't bet Hendrickson either. But those are just some like statistics as to why uh, MVPs in the Super Bowl are what they are. And yeah, I think Rams defense scores a touchdown. Um, just have a gut feeling. Just have a gut feeling. And I don't want to give too much away from the rest of the week. But these are just bets that I've already made. And um, another thing, lastly... I like Van Jefferson to score the first touchdown in the game. He's plus 1,600. 20% of the games the Rams have played this year, Van Jefferson has scored the first touchdown for the LA Rams. Uh, you could even get him at plus 800 to score the first Rams touchdown as well, plus 1,600 for him to score the first touchdown in the game. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, he scored the first touchdown in Rams games. The same amount of times that Cooper Cup has scored a touchdown in the Rams games for the first touchdown of the game. I know I kind of butchered that there, but bear with me. Basically, Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, four of the 20 games, one of them have scored the first touchdown for the Rams. Congrats. I made that way more difficult than I thought, and uh, it should have been. But, yeah, those are some of the bets that I've made um, already for the Super Bowl. Let me know what you guys think. Tag us. Tweet at us. And, yeah. I want to now shift over to staying with the football, staying with the Super Bowl. There's some like interesting betting trends uh, that are in this game. And uh, just in general, like just crazy Super Bowl trends that kind of don't make sense, but they just are. So I got a list of like eight of them here and I'll just rattle them off. They're betting guides. Kind of weird ones, kind of funny ones, but teams wearing white jerseys apparently have an edge in Super Bowls. In the last 17 Super Bowls, the team wearing white has won 14 of the 17. The only three teams to win a Super Bowl in the last 17 years without wearing white jerseys, the Chiefs, Super Bowl 54, the Eagles, Super Bowl 52, and the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl 45. Shout out Rodgers. Shout out. Let's not get into that. But yeah. And uh, the Bucks continued the trend last year when they beat the Chiefs. But yeah, white jerseys. Rams are wearing white. The Bengals are wearing black. If you're into this kind of stuff, 14 of the 17 Super Bowl winners were wearing white. Another one that I find pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, regular season wins mean nothing in the Super Bowl. The team with the worst regular season record in the last 16 Super Bowls is 13-2 and two in the Super Bowl. The exception, why 13-2, and two, and that's 15, right? 13 plus 2 is 15. But in the last 16 Super Bowls is because the Eagles and the Pats had the same record. They were both 13-3 and three that year. But it doesn't matter how teams got there. 
fuck the Giants, right? The Giants, both times that they went to the Super Bowl against the Pats, they had way worse of a record than what the Pats did. So the Rams finished 12 and 5, and the Bengals were 10 and 7. Um, favorites, the favorites. Just straight up, favorites are 36 and 19 straight up in Super Bowl history. And the Rams are currently, right now, as we speak, four point favorites against the Bengals. Though, a lot of you like underdogs, a lot of people like underdogs. The underdog has won seven of the last 10 Super Bowls outright. So, that is something very impressive, too. Um, AFC, six of the last nine Super Bowls have been won by the AFC. Only the Bucks, Seahawks, and Eagles were winners from the NFC. And the underdog, this is like a funny one, too, if you guys are into this, but underdogs are 5-1 and one in the last six Super Bowls with a male-led halftime show. So, like... When the halftime show is male-led, the underdog in those Super Bowls are 5-1. And And those male-led halftime shows, the last six, you had the weekend last year, the Bucs beat the Chiefs. They were underdogs. Maroon 5, the Patriots beat the Rams. The Rams were favorite in that Super Bowl. Justin Timberlake, the Eagles beat the Patriots. Coldplay, the Broncos beat the Panthers. Bruno Mars, Seahawks beat the Broncos. And the who? The Saints upset the Colts. Some weird-ass halftime shows, bro. Some weird-ass halftime shows. But yeah. There are some interesting Super Bowl, just history in Super Bowl kind of props that are going around. Um, The team that has won the coin toss has lost the past seven Super Bowls. The NFC has won the coin toss in 19 of the 23 last Super Bowls. When it comes to the coin toss, for the love of all gods, whatever gods, don't bet the coin toss. Don't start off 0-1 going into the game. Now you could be saying, yo, I could be 1-0, won some money before the game. Cool, congrats. But you're paying a VIG on something that's a 50-50 proposition. It's minus 110, minus 110. It is stupid to bet the coin toss. It is not a sharp play. It is dumb. You are donating. Even if you win, you're a loser. Don't bet the coin toss. It is a wild pet peeve of mine. If the coin toss was 50-50 odds-wise, if heads was even money, tails was even money, yeah, I'd be for it. But the fact that it's a 50-50 proposition and I got to pay 110 to win 100 on something that isn't 50-50, come on, man. Please, please. Like I said, for the love of all gods, just trust me on this. Don't bet the fucking coin toss. Bet it with your friends. You want to pick one of your buddies at the bar. You want to tell your plus one, like, yo, let's flip a coin, do some wild shit. I don't know. Leave that up to you. But don't go to a bookie. Don't go to a sports book and bet the coin toss. Please, I am begging you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, a couple of Bengals trends going into the Super Bowl. They've covered seven straight games en route to the Super Bowl. Last team to do that were the 2016 New England Patriots. We remember how that ended. Sorry, Allen. Sorry, Falcons fans. 
The Bengals this year were 13-7 and against the spread entering the Super Bowl, the second most profitable team in the NFL behind the Dallas Cowboys. The Bengals, at the start of the season, were 150-1 to to win the Super Bowl, which is tied for the biggest long shot to make the Super Bowl with the Rams of 99, the Kurt Warner greatest show on turf Rams. How crazy is that? That the Bengals have the same odds, had the same odds as the Rams did in 1999 to make the Super Bowl this year. The Bengals make the Super Bowl, and who's waiting for them? The Rams. I don't know, man. That, that shit's pretty cool. That's some, that's some dope shit there. Like, Vince McMahon can't write a, a script like that, too. It's just wild. And with a win in the Super Bowl this weekend, Joe Burrow will become the first quarterback to win a Heisman Trophy, a Natty, and a Super Bowl ring. And just a lot of sex. I mean, that resume, like, come on. You, you could definitely tell that he's on the team. Hashtag team strokes. Uh, the Rams, a couple trends for the Rams. The Rams playing in their fifth Super Bowl in franchise history. They're one in three in those Super Bowls. All three and one against the spread in all four of those games. Cooper Cup enters the Super Bowl having scored a touchdown in his last five games. Eight of his last nine. And in 20 games this year, if you took Cooper Cup yardage overs, Six and four. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for this one. I'm really pumped. And I want to end the show talking about a guy who I've defended for a long time. A guy who VM legends know I still won't let go of his MVP shellacking. I'm going to defend James Harden no longer. So over the weekend, some reports came out about James Harden and potentially leaving, potentially getting traded, uh, wanting out of Brooklyn. This isn't what he signed up for because he wanted it to be the big three, et cetera, et cetera. I've done a lot of research on this. Uh, It's something I've joked around in the past. I've made fun of it. Uh, we've had some laughs. We've created crazy analogies. But James Harden, you're the problem, bro. <laughs> like, at what point do we stop making excuses for this guy? It's just he wants out of Brooklyn. Those are the reports. Like, he wants to get traded, right? The Sixers are, like, heavily rumored to getting James Harden. If you're new to VM... I've been defending James Harden for years. I had bet on him to win the MVP in 2016, 2017. Russell Westbrook won the MVP that year. And everybody was wrong about voting for him for MVP. And I'll never let that go. Uh, And I'm not a, you know, watch the games kind of guy or like know know a certain sport or else don't talk about it. Like I'm not that kind of guy, but... The reason why he won MVP that year was because of the triple-double. That's the reason why Russell Westbrook won the MVP. Because in the history of NBA basketball, in the history of the NBA MVP award, up until that year, you had to be a top-four seed in order for you to be eligible to win MVP. It might have even been top-three seed. Russ that year with the Thunder was a sixth seed. But why did he win it? 
because KD left, went to the Warriors. He left them behind. Russ stayed. You know, finish what you started kind of thing. Everyone got behind that shit. And he goes out there and he drops a triple-double for the season, something that only Oscar Robinson had done. And the reason why I say know the history, know the game, is because the following two seasons, you know who averaged the triple-double? Russell Westbrook. You know who averaged the triple-double when he was with the Wizards? Russell Westbrook. And every single year, he went lower and lower on the totem pole for MVP listing. That year, he was a sixth seed. James Harden won eight more games than he did, and he ended as the three seed. They even beat them in the in the playoffs. I believe they, they squared off in the playoffs, too. And it was just wrong. It was just wrong. And it was about like 110 rebounds that Harden was short of in order for him to get a triple-double that year, too. I think his numbers were insane. Like, he averaged like nine rebounds a game, too. It wasn't anything crazy. Like, dude was put up crazy numbers but i want to stay on task with this james harden shit right because let's go back let's go back to the beginning he gets drafted by oklahoma city and we always we always said like oh this this team's gonna be around for a minute they're young they got the youngest roster and then bam 2011 2012 happens they end up in the finals they play the heat and they play lebron Russ is 30, he was what, 22, 23, KD was 22, Harden, like all these guys are the same age, they're all like in, no one's older than like 23, they have Ibaka also, and you're looking at this team and you're like, yo, this team's gonna be around for a minute, what, Lakers are getting old, Mavs are getting old, Spurs are getting old, like they even beat the Spurs that year to get there, and you're looking at them, and you're like, yo, Harden is, he's hes the guy that makes them different, right? Because they had Russ, they had KD, and you knew what they were getting. And they had the rim protector and, and Serge Ibaka. And then you had some, like, pieces around, too. But those were, like, the main guys. And then James Harden was, like, the X Factor. And then he ends up leaving Oklahoma City when they make the finals with him. He wins sixth man of the year. The Thunder have a dilemma. They're looking at their roster like, oh, shit, are we going to keep both of these guards? Nah, let's let's gravitate to the big. Let's keep Serge Ibaka because we need a big. We need a rim protector. We need a big body in the front court. We already have a guard like Russell Westbrook. So they trade him. They trade Harden. He goes to the Rockets. And when he goes to the Rockets, the James Harden brand, the James Harden uh public perception shifted from a guy who's a really good basketball player to superstardom. Only a few players have accomplished the kind of stuff that that he's accomplished. Assist champion, three-time scoring champion, seven-time All-NBA guy, three-time scoring champion. I think I said that twice because I'm an idiot. Nine-time All-Star on the 75th anniversary team also. That's on his like Wikipedia and basketball reference. And he won an MVP. And there were many years that he was with the Rockets where people were like, yo, he should have been MVP like three, four times over. He gets a sneaker deal. He's the face. It's the beard is his thing. He's dating a Kardashian for a little bit. He's in the limelight. He's in rap videos. Like, dude was the man. What he wanted, he got, right? He left because he wanted to be a star. He didn't want to be just another piece uh, of a core. Like, he wanted to be have his own team. And... Harden is a guy who he just strikes me based on all these reports who cares more about his image and being a star and making money, which ain't a bad thing, too. But then you also can't be like, yo, I want to win a championship. I don't feel as if what he's been doing shows us that. He signs a four-year extension with the Rockets. 
the summer of 2016 for 118 million. The following season, he signs another four-year extension, which gives him a total. His contract now is six years for 228 million. At the time, the richest contract in NBA history. And he's probably, based on his age and his style of play and how productive he still is, despite it looking gross sometimes, he's probably going to get another big contract. So that's three big contracts that he signed and extended. He'll be a top five to ten. When you look at those charts of like money that a player has made in his playing career, he'll be up there in like NBA history. But you look at the resume, it's like, yo, at what point is it you constantly, constantly no showing in the playoffs in big spots? I'll never forget when they lost by like 35 at home to the Spurs in like a game six, um, four of 27 shooting performances, showing up out of, out of shape, has his jersey retired in a Houston strip club like. Dude cared more about being a star, a superstar, because he was a superstar. Still is a superstar, in my opinion. I think so. But he's a guy who cared more about his image than like actually getting W's. And and at what point, at what point do we say, yo, James, buddy, first name basis, because we're friends. At what point is it you? At what point are you the problem? Here's a list of the players that came to play with James Harden and have left him. It, you can't use the, oh, he didn't have no talent around him. Nah, that's just not true. That is factually not true. They get Dwight Howard, who at the time, Dwight was still a problem. They get Eric Gordon, who found a role for himself with D'Antoni and Daryl Morey, that pairing of GM and head coach who he got out the door also, right? D'Antoni comes in. He runs the Steve Nash, Phoenix Suns kind of offense with him, and he has a more elusive high pace kind of guy speeds the game up court vision and all that and the game also changed right so he had d'antoni also so you can't say that he had a bum coach yeah d'antoni's never won a championship but he ain't a bum coach like, he's a really good coach really good coach especially in the regular season too and he's just ran into the spurs a couple of times and amari sotomayor got fucking boarded into the no i think it was steve nash got hit by like robert ori and then amari stepped on the court and he got suspended so he's ran into teams that ended up winning championship dynasties. He ran into the Spurs a bunch of times. That's why he didn't win in Phoenix. But Eric Gordon finds a, finds a home for himself in Houston. Lou Williams. Ryan Anderson. Remember Ryan Anderson? When Ryan Anderson came to the Rockets, I was like a sofa, steal a free agency. Dude at the time was like a great piece for the Rockets in that system. Yeah, the way it ended sucked. But that first season and, and two seasons, like Ryan Anderson was like, yo, dude's a baller. He's a beast. Joe Johnson, P.J. Tucker, Capella. They bring in Melo. They bring in Chris Paul. He played with Russ and KD. They bring in Russ again. They bring in Oladipo. Then he gets out of he gets out of Houston and he goes to Brooklyn and he plays with KD and Kyrie again. And now again he wants out of Brooklyn. Or that's what the reports are, right? We're only going off the reports. But we've seen this time and time again. So I just ask, yo, at what point is it you? Think about this. If you have a friend, you have a friend and they get married at 25. Shit happens. Life happens. They get divorced at 28. At 30, they get married again. At 33, they divorce again. So now he's 
two relationships in, two marriages in, he divorces. Then he gets married a third time, divorces again. Then a fourth time, divorces again. Now you're on your fifth marriage. At one point, are you not going to turn to the rest of your friends and be like, yo, isn't fucking Jake? Isn't it Jake? Isn't it Jake who's the fucking asshole and is in all these relationships? It can't be the girl in this scenario, right? It can't be the girl. It got to be him because all these relationships didn't work out because of Jake. Jake, in this analogy, is James Harden. All these relationships with him haven't worked because of him. So I ask, and I've asked many times again, at what point is it you? If, if you guys are listening to me, and you're following like my, my whole career in, in podcasting and as a content creator, and then all of a sudden I get married one day, and then I divorce, and then I get married again and again and again, and then before you know it, I'm, I'm five marriages in, and I've been divorced on all five. Aren't you going to be like, yo, I kind of like his betting stuff. I love his podcast. I love the guests he has on, but I probably wouldn't want my sister to date him or my daughter to date him because he just can't keep a relationship together. And that'd be totally, total, totally, I'd be totally like applicable and totally like validated. You'd be like, yo, Lamb's an asshole. He can't keep a relationship. That's what James Harden is. James Harden just like time and time again. And look, if he ends up going to the Sixers because like Daryl Morey's there too. And if he butchers it at that place again, I'm never trading anything for him, you know, because you're going to have Tobias there. You're going to have uh, Thibault. You're going to have Embiid, obviously. You're going to, you know, and Doc Rivers is a respectable coach, though he has his uh, lapses in the playoff games as well. But, man, I'm just like so, I'm kind of tired defending him. I've been a huge James Harden guy. I've defended him through thick and thin. But at what point do we got to just like ask ourselves, is it him? Is he the issue for all the issues that go on around every place that he's been to? So, that's just how I feel. I'm happy we had a solo pod today because I just needed to get a couple things off my chest. Thank you all for listening. Check out the YouTube channel. You can watch some of the shows on there. There's clips. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram. I gave all the plugs before, but it's basically at Veterans Minimum everywhere. And yeah, there's still a couple spots left. I think we have like 16 spots left in the Super Bowl pool. If you guys want to join in on that, it's a $50 contribution per box. First quarter, halftime, third quarter, all get some nice money. There's a PS5 or an Xbox on the line. Winner's choice and 500 bucks. You could also be like, yo, I don't want the game console because I'm not a gamer. Or I have both or I have one of them. And you could get the cash value of it. We donate. Last year, we donated about 500 bucks to a charity here in Queens. We're going to do the same. We're going to donate about $1,000 to this charity as well so it goes to a good cause it's fun last year went really well ran it back got some good feedback on that and yeah let us know holla at me tell me what you think of this episode and we'll be back wednesday with some more shit